0: Welcome to the Verzopolis podcast. I'm Mitya Drap, and today we are talking about poetry in the diaspora. Joining me is Merima Dizdarevich. Merima, born in 1983 in Yugoslavia, is a Swedish/slash Bosnian Herzegovinian multidisciplinary and multilingual artist based in Malmo. Her expression stems from a poetic writing practice. She writes poetry, prose, essays, and experimental texts. She translates between her spoken languages. And sometimes from those she does not speak. She's a performer, musician and actress that engages into various artistic cooperations and processes. Marima also teaches art and art criticism, has worked as a cultural producer and engages into anti-fascist and decolonial thought and practice within and from the cultural field. Her poetry and prose written in Swedish English and Nashke, so this is a language group, we'll come back to Nashke in our conversation, I hope, has been represented in anthologies internationally and translated into several languages. Her first major Swedish publication, Far from the Eye, Far from the Heart, is the title in English. I will not attempt to read it in Swedish. Published in November 2022, is a maximalist lyrical text that was nominated for the Swedish Writers' Union Award the Catapult Prize for Best Swedish Literary Debut. Okay, so Merima, welcome to the podcast. I'm really glad you could join me today.
1: Thank you, Mitya. I'm glad to be here, of course. And, nice. Uh, yeah, let's so, see what we conjure up.
0: Let's see what we conjure up. So preparing for this talk, I remembered my old writing workshop cruise. I was, uh, we, we, we we did a lot of workshop uh, detailing, like writing short stories and prose and so on. And I remember my old buddy, Zoran Knižević, shout out to Zoran Knižević, whose book Dvo živke umirajo dvakrat, which translates in English to Amphibians die twice, won the Slovenian debut prize back in 2014. And in it, he details stories mainly pertaining to immigrants from ex-Yugoslav republics living in Slovenia. But I also think the name Dvo živka, Amphibian, is a very appropriate one. And, um, so what, wh- what, was your experience moving from Bosnia and Herzegovina to Sweden? What is your take on this? Do you like this, uh, Dvožjuka term, or do you agree with it? So what, what is your, what do you think?
1: Hmm. Okay. So there's so many ways, uh, to, to kind of talk about this sort of thing. So the amphibian kind of refers to the, the dualist, um, uh, yeah. Uh, the dualism within, um. For me i i think like I, I try to avoid this dualistic ideas um mm-hmm. which is maybe why i'm more prone to kind of talking about something that is multi something right yes. as you also mentioned the uh, these uh fancy uh terms that i sometimes uh, just throw out there without thinking which is like multilinguist and uh multidisciplinary mm-hmm. um it's kind of uh um, goes hand in hand with, um, and I can't believe I'm already mentioning, uh, this, uh, philosopher and poet, uh, Edward Glissant and his ideas about the, the whole worldly, um, as opposed to, let's say like the global. So, um, I, 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 I have found a lot of consolation in the in in the ideas that he presents and how he treats how he approaches uh, these this kind of terminology. Um, so I mean, like of course, you know, uh, we could talk about the amphibian or like uh, this uh, dualism if we just want to talk about you know my heritage from Yugoslavia uh, and the new kind of. Um, the new place, uh, I come to as Sweden, but there mm-hmm. are all of these places in between and yeah. all around, uh, which, uh, so somehow I always like to kind of open up for, for that possibility.
2: Mm-hmm. And many
1: times this has been, uh, this has been possible for me to, or I found, uh, some ways in, in the ideas of Glissant to kind of, uh, that have been comforting in this, um, does this make any sense?
0: I think so. I think so. It's like um, it's like this meme that has been circulating around. Uh, I contain multitudes.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is Walt Whitman, yeah. I think.
0: Uh, yeah, 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 working? precisely. This is Walt Whitman. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's uh, weird how it's been used to for comedic effect in various memes on the internet. But yeah, I feel that mm-hmm. uh, by setting this precedent that you are like dvorzhuka, uh, so amphibian. You are always somewhere in between, and uh, you never kind of feel at home. And it instantly gives you a kind of uh, a feeling of strangeness, or otherworldliness, or feeling of non-belonging, or, or not being home at all. So mm. I think that I actually like your I, I like this multi take.
1: It so, makes me think. Oh, sorry. I'm, no, no, yeah. go ahead. I, I just I just thought I I mean now I'm not I'm not trying to kind of. Uh, Put my CV out there, but I remember I had a, a talk with the artist Dragana Juricic, she's a photographer, um, uh, who is uh, from Yugoslavia, uh, now living in Ireland. And she had an exhibition here, uh, with her exhibition and book, uh, You, the Last Country. So, you, why you, as a mm. little pun as well. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about. We were talking a lot in depth about these things uh, as well. And we mentioned uh, this. Is it a book or a story that's also from former Yugoslavia? Čardak nina This house that's not neither on earth or in the sky.
0: Hmm, I'm not sure about it. I have to Google it. Yeah,
1: it's a, yeah, it's a, I think it's a children's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly now, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's of course something about that, that, that is like a let's say like an early idea of 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 the s- state one is in uh in in kind of diasporic life but uh, later i mean this is it, it, it's uh, it's never as simple as that and um uh, it's um once again to kind of go in into into how i how i found uh, some kind of comfort in the in the ideas of glissant where he, uh, uh, in a way, mm-hmm. to put it simply, reclaims certain mm-hmm. terminology or like and 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 tweaks it so that it uh, makes uh, uh, more sense and uh, uh, in, in a way, like to simplify it, kind of uh, yeah, the the reclaiming of, of, of like and taking the control over over this kind of words. Um, mm. And what I'm trying to get at here is that um maybe in the in the in the process of of like uh display in in um in, in the maybe immediate well and time is very strange here so I don't know what immediate means it might last <laughs> for years maybe but yes. like uh let's say that one stage of that would be this kind of amphibian um idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh later for me this has become Um, uh, something (laughs) uh, I mean and this sounds also a little bit uh, cute maybe but like I I, I feel also that I I belong to all the places Mm.
2: Uh,
1: or that um, uh, and sometimes I've said this about uh, you know this kind of uh, falling in love with uh, more and more places meaning that uh, uh, maybe I would have to stop at some point so that because how 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 many places can I long to and this comes of course and this brings on like this nostalgia as mm. um uh, for me like a term that doesn't necessarily have to be um uh, uh, let's say negative uh, or mm-hmm. or or you know some somehow pathetic and but pa- to be pathetic is not uh, super uh, negative for me either <laughs> um, but, not at um, all
0: <laughs> for me neither yeah. I love being pathetic. I mean
1: um it it, I mean, it
0: it usually takes on a bad meaning but uh it's not always it's not always the case I think. Mm. It's not so bad to be pathetic sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Pathos I mean, is precious. You
1: know? Yeah. And there's something about that that also uh, to go back to this like uh to plisan <laughs> and I, I I mean I will stop at some point uh, mentioning the <laughs> or maybe I will not I don't no, know. No, go but, ahead. Uh, just, there's something about how he talks about uh, uh, there's uh, that there is uh, this kind of like sensory life or sensory uh, or emotions or, or sensations that kind of bind us together in the world. Uh, he was a poet primarily and uh, there's something about the poetic expression um, and the sensory or... Um, that that binds us to all other people and places more mm. than any other kind of um, concrete things, mm. and um, in this way, I think uh, there is also this, uh, you know, th- these ideas. Uh, these are decolonial ideas or decolonizing ideas uh, going kind of from uh, away from these. Um, ideas of uh, considering certain kinds of knowledge as more valuable than others. And with Mm -hmm. that, I mean, like the the traditional kind of uh, colonial or like, you know, Western ideas of of, uh, logic and uh, reason Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. the dissecting into, you know, into understanding something completely uh, and this kind of... uh, this kind of knowledge to be, like, you know, the ultimate kind of knowledge, whilst Mm -hmm. there is also uh, an array of other uh, kinds of knowledge that have to do with, Mm -hmm. you know, um, other senses and, uh, you know, emotional kind of knowledge or bodily knowledge or
2: Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, might bear as much um, importance or more uh, than anything else. So this is the kind of... um, world that i am uh, thinking inside of mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, i'm not always making full sense uh i'm not an you know academic in this way <laughs> i am
2: but you, am you still you, a poet
1: you, so. Yes, 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 <laughs> so yes 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 this yes. is why maybe it's a bit getting a bit tricky or i'm I'm kind of you know um making Are it you... a more complicated
0: uh, yes, yes yes but you said you're you're lecturing too so uh you said that you have uh you were just lecturing this week, so is this something? Uh, is Glissan someone that you talk about your, uh, with your students as well? Or,
1: yes, uh, what,
0: what do you, what do you, who are your students, and what is the subject that is the uh, that you yeah, are teaching, the, lecturing? Is,
1: um, so this is a project with um, with uh, the Department of Urban Art uh, in the, the Art Hall of Gothenburg, and um, it's a project uh, it's a it's a class uh, it's a group that was uh, um that is interested in writing about art and writing a sort of art criticism uh, in an experimental way so in in a broader sense of, of responding to um um ways of looking at art mm-hmm. um so yeah mm-hmm. and, and uh, I have written a few texts like this where I've written essays uh, uh, in, in kind of response to to art um, and they have been quite experimental. So I, I also have um, the approach of, uh, I don't really believe in a sort of neutrality when it comes to, well, mm-hmm. almost anything. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. so, uh, my approach to this is mostly like in a way, auto-ethnographic. So instead mm-hmm. of uh, trying to uh, be objective, which I think is impossible, because mm-hmm. the way we, we look at it always have, has to do, or the way we see art always has to do with our experiences. So um this is something that in this group, we're trying to kind of, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not enhance even more,
0: in a way. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but do you do you deal with like, yeah, do you deal with uh, uh, sorry to to cut you off, but do you deal like with um, literary art or is it like architecture or just like uh, painting or what kind of art are you looking at usually?
1: So, we're we're looking at uh, any kind and all kinds mm-hmm. of art. So, of course, uh, we have seen ex- exhibitions and uh, um, so. It can be also a response to um, a poem. It can be a poem that is responding to a piece of art. Ah, nice. The broader sense of mm-hmm. art and a uh, broader sense of responding to it.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: we're trying to experiment with this. And uh, so far it's been really amazing uh, in how um, how in very short time we have managed to kind of uh, talk about art in so many different ways and have so many different approaches to it um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it would be very 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 uh, we will we will at some point also have a publication and uh, it would be very interesting to see like uh, how these nice. also, because we are also a group that 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 is like uh and it's inevitable that uh there is this intertextuality within that uh, mm. so we affect each other also some of a lot of the art that we take part in has been the same right so yeah so that there's also that interesting aspect of uh, kind of seeing how different um people and different methods uh, mm-hmm. result in different response
0: yeah, yeah yeah so i i stalked a little bit online Uh, in preparation for this interview uh, for this podcast and i saw that you're also not only writing but you're also like uh perform when your book came out back in november you had like a performance in uh in sweden with a rock band whose members were all like um well i think they were talking in nashki which now we can already say that nashki is a language that that uh hold on is it uh from the serbian croatian Montenegrin, and um macedonian right
1: yeah. ah, bosnia. a bosnia language you see this is the, the thing. this is so
0: strange yeah <laughs> sorry so I, I missed which one i missed bosnia <laughs> this uh, is the first one b c m s yeah
1: yeah um yeah i I, <clears throat> I call it nashki because most of let's say our people call it that in <clears throat> colloquially yeah so we refer to it this is what we call it, and I thought it mm-hmm. suiting. And in English, you write it with a capital. I mean, I write it with a capital letter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: kind of um, stating that this is this is the language, and it's kind of easier to speak of uh, for many different reasons. And also, I mean, this is um, it's very interesting how how this is like um, something that I think. I mean, from my point of view, it shouldn't even be polemic because we we are all aware of that we understand each other when we talk, speak in this language. Yeah. But of course, for political reasons, this becomes um maybe uh, the most radical thing that I have said or something, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> a little <laughs> bit absurd. But um, but I also understand how this works. And for me it's not like um um I mean I kind of um um I um, I agree to this the, the uh, to this uh, little movement that existed a couple of years ago within uh, mm-hmm. the realm of like writers and uh, thinkers in former Yugoslavia that tried to kind of uh, write some kind of manifesto about a common language and uh, one of the things that was spoken about there was that you know you can call it whatever you want but yeah. linguistically it's it's kind of it's still the same language It kind yeah. of a, it, fill, it fills all the requirements for um mm-hmm. for the definition of the same language um so yeah and yeah,
0: uh, nice. now we
1: kind of uh, okay so now we've explained what we're talking about when we talk about nas- <laughs> nas- <Yes. laughs> yeah uh, and it means basically nashki means our language
0: yes nashki uh, nash nas- language it, uh, our yeah precisely
1: it also kind of goes with uh how not only uh we in south slavia but like a lot of other slavs use that word nash ours mm. you know, and what it means in different contexts and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this is very interesting for me as well That's but awesome. uh, we made this definition now but i don't know I, I forgot what 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 we were going to talk oh about.
0: we were talking about the i, I just remembered uh, about nashki when i saw your performance with the band yeah. and i think that all of them I might be wrong but all of the people performing on stage were speaking in Nashki. I, I, am i wrong I, I don't i think
1: we're not wrong but uh, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> uh, so this is yeah uh, that's one band but like um, i i decided to make a make a, a a party um that would include a lot of my people and when i say my people i mean not only people from former yugoslavia but uh, there was um it started with a friend uh, saying kind of, oh, maybe I could do some interpretations uh, of your poems from your book. And uh, then as we spoke with other friends, uh, there was more friends that, um, that that do different kinds of things to do performance art and uh, uh, some DJs and, uh, mm-hmm. and other uh, musicians um, mm-hmm. that kind of gathered and we made this big party uh, where um, for me, this this, I mean, I guess this has to do with the fact that I I feel like maybe I, um, the best art or the best ideas ever always come up in in groups. It doesn't really, I mean, absolutely, yeah. I've written this book by myself, but even there, um, as you mentioned, this maximalist approach, mm-hmm. uh, it's not only uh, maximalist in the sense of uh, different, like themes or subjects but it's um even there I, I i needed to kind of include um more people and uh, also let them speak uh, mm-hmm. so it's uh, make this polyphony polyphonic kind of uh, text
0: yeah how how is this book structured at all what, what do you mean by this uh polyphonous uh, polyphonic voices
1: okay i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to explain this so, so it's like um I think, like, I, I was thinking about this before it became a book, it, it felt like I, it was going everywhere, and to use the term, it was, like, rhizomatic, you know, um, even though I, I I, I, maybe have visualized it as something that's kind of moving, the movement is, like, upwards and outwards, uh, and not maybe something that is, like, um, uh, getting super attached in into the ground like a rhizome, like some kind of uh a root or something mm. but um so I've used kind of uh, at one point I um I, I realized that there is water and sea that uh, I've kind of um, uh also used in different ways to control this text so mm-hmm. uh, I, I've let sometimes the water you know run, Mm. wild and sometimes it Mm -hmm. has been the the kind of thing that ties everything together both you know above and below ground Mm -hmm. my rivers are also subterranean
0: so when did you first start to be excited about poetry was poetry like one of the things that um one of the art forms that spoke to you first when you were a child or
1: well there's so many ways to approach this question (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, because i think a lot of the things when we talk about it is you know of course reconstruction um but i mean hmm. there are some things that i i can't escape and uh, for example you know like uh, how 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 you first are um exposed to, to literature is most often uh through poetry i mean hmm. kind of uh, rhymes let's say or or yeah. uh, things like that and uh, um so, I mean, it was my grandfather, for example, he wrote poetry, he wrote metered poetry um, and he invented his own kind of rhymes and um, stories for us. And nice. And um, actually um, not too long ago, I, I thought of um, I mean, my book was already, pu- I mean, really not too long ago, but mm. after my book was published, I had a talk uh with a friend who wanted to start a project writing in um how do you say this
0: like, um, the like uh so probably like with 10 um like yeah, 10 syllables yeah,
1: kind of like pretty simple kind of uh metered poetry mm-hmm. which is very typical um for some parts of former Yugoslavia and mm-hmm. uh, which is sometimes also uh, performed with the, the gusle instrument the one string instrument you know uh-huh.
0: so it's like a folk kind of it, it it relates to the folk tradition a little bit too right so like yeah. with epic poems probably and so on
1: yeah mm-hmm. and, and um i i hadn't really really thought about it before but at the same time uh, my uncle said that you know like uh, what grandfather wrote It was rhymed, of course, but it could, you know, also be performed to this instrument.
0: Oh, interesting. hmm,
1: Okay. And, uh, but I started thinking about it because it, there were several people that started talking about my poetry because it's not really, it's not metered. It's really diverse. But there is many people, a lot of people often like uh, recognize some kind of rhythm or musicality in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I started to think, I kind of started putting these things together, and I realized that you know subconsciously somehow, because I I happen to be born uh, in a in a kind of in a in a, Tromedia, uh which is uh, Romija, which is
0: like a tribe border or something like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so mm-hmm. it's where you know Herzegovina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montenegro and yep. uh, Albania. So I mean, I mean now yep. I'm thinking uh, countries and regions. Um, and this in in this particular area, I mean, this is um, practiced quite a lot. I mean, I think mm-hmm. most people recognize it a lot from pardon from Montenegro
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this epic, you know, poetry being <laughs> recited to gusla. But wow. I mean, I was some somehow I was thinking this must have. I mean, this this is this this must be some kind of subconscious. Mm. thing. I mean, of course, there's other influences, um, um, and most of them are have to do probably with music. You
0: know, yeah.
1: When I um, when I think of, um, I, I had the, I had the privilege. I had uh, cousins that were ten years older than me, and uh, they were listening to you know like Yugoslav alternative or like you go new wave and uh you know rock and roll music and so very early i identified this as my preferred you know
0: style, mm-hmm, of, music. style of music what it's bands did you like what, what 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 bands did you like from that period what uh what bands were, they, were your favorite ones
1: well yeah i was i was thinking about uh you know um of course you know there's it's really inevitable for to mention uh, you know Azra. For
0: example. Oh man, I love Azra. I love Azra so much.
1: Yeah. Really
0: <laughs> meant- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fender
1: was like the
0: yeah. the ultimate dream, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it has to do with I think, you know, like um okay, so sometimes one thinks of of uh, of art and okay, poetry and art in general as, you know, um something of that there's this like magical kind of thing and creative verb but a lot of the times it's also about craft you know
0: absolutely
2: so
1: i think these two have to kind of work together yes Um, and um um i mean it would be amazing to but we cannot be in that high state of consciousness or like some kind of sublime understanding Mm. of things and uh some kind of um ecstatic mode you know whilst creating all the time most mm. of the time I think it's uh, it's work that I mean sure. in one way you know repetition is something that can take you to ecstasy you know uh, And yeah. most of the times but like this is mostly hap- this mostly happens with, with other I mean like uh, with other uh, humans <laughs> I mean yeah. In to others with jams that's why like you know like mm. this is the the most magical beautiful thing that we have music and dance you know oh
0: man it's the best
1: repetition repetition is you
0: know a huge part of it if you go to any like trance festival or or something like that (laughs) you can you have people dancing there for like more uh, days at a time you know (laughs) and even before I think there were like these dancing frenzies back in the middle ages in Europe and not only in Mm -hmm. Europe but in like in, uh in tribes across africa and so on where people would like just dance dance for days on end and um yeah. you know whoever would sometimes they would even drop dead without like having enough water and so on it's an ecstatic state that's yeah. true yeah.
1: that's why i guess maybe we're uh, seeking new experiences all the time because and uh, mm. i mean that function that you're mentioning in a way you know when um when you've done something long enough or if you continue repeating it then maybe you stop seeing that so you will have to kind of venture into another realm to to find new repetition that can take you to ecstasy somehow you know? <laughs> yeah but um what i was also thinking uh when talking about craft um and talking about you know your question about how i came to poetry or how poetry came to me or whatever you know mm-hmm. um there's also, um, I think like uh, most concretely about, you know, this about uh, listening to music and back in the day, you know, kids gather, gather around the fire, kids, I shall tell you about how we used to listen to music.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but I mean, like, uh, you know, you, you would have like when when CDs were a thing, right? Yeah. You So uh, if you bought an original one, you would get maybe like a little booklet with uh, with lyrics. Yeah. And this is like this was an amazing thing, um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and and I'm I've I've copied so many of these things. I mean, like rarely did I ever have original CDs, mm-hmm. but like if I borrowed CDs, uh, I would always do that. If they had a booklet, like I would, uh, you know, copy the lyrics by hand. For sure. Kind of repetition. I mean, like sometimes you just have to do these things to get it into your. Practice. I mean, to get it to get your hand acquainted with mm. this of work, and uh, through your hand, you know, this is also the the holistic kind of idea of looking at art. I guess you know, mm-hmm. which for me mm-hmm. I think is important to not. Um, you know, I I don't really see it as as, as any as. as I can't look at this like is in an empty space where art kind of just happens it has to happen through you know all of all of the human experience you know yeah the, the bodily and and the, the spiritual intellectual whatever
0: for sure well for it's,
1: me uh, that uh, for sure like to kind of I mean imi- first repetition or like you know copying, Mm -hmm. and then like continuing copying or and then like you know through time i mean like the first poems uh, must have been just copies and like uh
0: for sure and it was like oral tradition so people would like repeat it to each other even before writing was a thing so they would they would carry on the tradition they would carry on the copying through (laughs) through repetition right so okay but I want to switch gears again a little bit. What if so? So if you sit down and you go and you write a poem, do you write it in Swedish or do you write it in Nashki or do you write it in English? Well, how do this like probably you begin with a verse. When I write a lyric, it usually starts with the verse, and sometimes it's in Slovenian, sometimes in English, but usually in Slovenian. How how does your process work here? For example, when you when you were writing the the poems for for your poetry collection from for the uh, far from the eyes far from the heart
1: well this is um i really don't understand how this works uh, to tell you the truth mm. sometimes there's there's some logical things which is which has to do with maybe having a conversation with someone in a certain language and mostly you know it's somebody else that says something brilliant uh, mm-hmm. that i mm-hmm. uh, you know Um, subliminate (laughs) or or steal
0: or steal I mean art is stealing more or less (laughs)
1: honor 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 with a quote or something like that
0: homage yeah
1: yeah but I mean um, so in that way I mean that's that's maybe a logical thing depending on maybe like the communication that I've had with a certain person or people uh, and which language they Kind of happened, but even there, it's not really always the case. As uh, I, I have no idea why. Uh, so, like for example, now I have a, a new document, a huge, uh, <laughs> a, 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 a completely like a, um, heterogeneous uh, text. Uh, that doesn't that really needs a lot of work but like uh where i've just written down things that i know is is a part of 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 an of a new manuscript let's say
0: oh nice so it's like a poetic text uh, or a poetry rather or well a little spoiler a little teaser (laughs) a little teaser for our listeners at (laughs) versopolis it
1: it definitely is is poetry but like uh Sometimes I I just write um, some pages that are just prose, um, and but usually I want to kind of make them into uh, I I I when I work with them I, I make it into poetry. But m- most of the time they already look a little bit like poetry because um, I think a lot of times uh, you know uh, poetry enables to say something that, uh, that is much closer to some kind of, um, well, I, I don't know if I should call it truth or whatever, but like, mm. uh, um, so, well, to go, to go back a little bit, but like, um, um, I don't even notice, uh, w- which language I'm writing in most of the time when I, when I do these kind of things where I, where I, you know, jot something down. Mm. Uh, and I don't only do it in a document on a computer. I also am a little bit. A part of me is old-fashioned. So I have. Oh, do computer. you
0: like writing by by uh, like by by hand? Do you like yeah. that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I that yeah, I love that too. I love that too.
1: Because it also has, uh, you know, it's it's like more uh, in a way like a natural uh, way to when you then, you know, want to order it into or like put it into a document on a on a computer. Uh, you automatically do um, you revise, and you, yes, so so it's like uh, th- that method is kind of suiting as well. I feel mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the times because it's in a way uh, more um, um, it brings me more joy somehow mm. uh, than when I've written something directly into the computer and go back to the computer um i don't know exactly why but it it has to do with the different kind of maybe tactile
0: absolutely absolutely it has to do with tactile i would totally agree with you a computer is so menacing like you sit down at the white screen and it stares back at you and the cursor is moving and it's like you know it's like come on write something you know it's like so imposing in a way but when you write down when you sit down with a like piece of paper and uh, a pencil and you you hear the scribbling of the paper and you feel the paper underneath you there is a certain tactile quality to it for sure i i agree and um it's a certain friendship it's a more it's more uh, it's less anxiety inducing i would say something something very peaceful about it. Maybe I'm a traditionalist too in this way, but
1: you're a romantic.
0: Yes, yes, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no romanticism has destroyed so much for the human kind. No, what different.
0: What do you think that romanticism <laughs> has destroyed most? And <laughs> what is what oh, is? God. No, this is a great question. What yeah. What What has romanticism destroyed most? <laughs>
1: well uh, well certain ideas of um uh, of how we behave towards each other um well i mean romanticism is pretty new as well in the history mm. of things and it's only one direction and uh, yeah i mean that's a completely different i know yeah uh that's a different podcast my friend
0: yes um, that's a different podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so... i could talk about that in length as well i think um uh, but um um maybe to go back to this what we we're talking about here uh, about the processes and these mm-hmm. things so there's um you know some things and i think uh i don't remember who because uh when i had when i was in um i was doing uh, this masters in creative writing in gothenburg um we had we also spoke about translation and, and and when we at one point when we spoke about it there was um who could this have been? Oh, I don't remember one of uh, you know our canonized European uh, writers and translators who said something like, you know when you translate something why what is the better translation you know these like uh, decisions that you have to make when translating? And uh, there was one answer to that which was like, it it just sounds better. I think it's useful for me in, uh, you know, because in a way I, w- when I write, because I have uh, these, let's say like mainly three languages, but there are some others as well. But, uh, you know, so this Nashki, my mother tongue, and then my second uh Less, uh, you know, like my second language, which has become, you know, in in many ways, the one that I know much better than my, um, than my original language, Swedish, and then also the English, which is the language that I, when I kind of, I had a, I had a this speaking of, you know, like when poetry came to you or what, and, you know, I had it, something in childhood, but like, I had a long period where I, where I didn't really perceive myself as, you know, a poet or a writing person. And then I, you know, rediscovered this and mm. was, um, also kind of through English, which was, which is also like, you know, um, I'm not alone in this, I think, uh, with somebody that has the experience of, you know, losing uh, a language or not losing it completely, but like, you know, kind of being uh, uh, or like having to have to enter a new language. When, when you then you take on a third and through that one, you make mm. this that makes it possible for you to express certain things um, in a more, you know, and this maybe has to do something with the opacity, you know, in a way, mm. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I, I think there's, there's a quote by Glissant, which is like opacity is the mm-hmm. something that kind of uh, protects diversity.
0: Protects way. diversity, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, against mm-hmm. a certain like idea of universality as a you know. um
2: mm-hmm.
1: Coming back to writing, let's say, if 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 it if 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 I'm supposing that I had it and then kind of you know was lost it or or like uh, kind of uh, went away from it, coming back to it was through the English language. Mm.
2: And
1: and then like little by little I I dared to uh, write uh because there's specificity in in, in every language, you know. So I am always moving in in between these things. So what, yes. what I hope uh, I mean like um there's there's this thing, I mean like in my in my book there I, I do use uh words in other languages which I do not translate and this is like uh not a new practice but in you know uh, European literature it has been uh certain languages that have been you know like uh held higher and have been used in this way um you know with the assumption that you know like well they you know you can write something in French or German uh and uh you know, without, uh, as you know, and assuming somehow that people will know it or that, uh, it, and so in a way I, I'm doing that with other languages, which mm. is, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting, but like also yep. I, 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 there's something about, you know, uh, using maybe the Swedish language in a new way. And mm-hmm. I thought, I think like when I first, um, when I I, I found some comfort, I remember reading like many years ago, reading Alexander Hamon, Mm. a Bosnian uh, American writer who happened to be in uh, the USA uh, when the war broke out, stayed there and pretty fast started writing in English. So he has been writing in English for most of his career. Yep. so like his novels you know like um, just the other day I got uh, his novel in our language which is like a translation but when I read when I when I started reading it uh, in the origin in, in the English language um, I immediately like I, I remember I immediately discovered words that were and I understood what he had done like I, I understood how he had thought about it and uh, that he was using, you know, synonyms that maybe weren't the usual synonyms that you would use when writing a novel in English today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I saw that they came from a kind of translation uh, mode that was happening within him whilst writing, which came from our language. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I saw that the, mm-hmm. he used something that sounded sounded like, the the word that was in our language but which was a synonym in the english language which which wouldn't be the first uh option to use
0: yeah for sure
1: for me this made i mean and and i could also see it with another gaze like uh as uh all of a sudden like a very interesting way to use language but also for me personally it became uh very comforting you know like to Mm -hmm. i was on to something you know where where there was some kind of um uh, treasure in 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 writing in in uh, in another language was having uh another was having a, another first language and
2: mm-hmm. for sure
1: so i'm hoping that i i'm uh, succeeding in this as well in a way to kind of um you know making uh, the swedish language yeah. uh, richer
0: you are, you are for sure. This is this is undoubtedly true. I mean, um, will will we be able to to read your poetry collection "Far from the Eyes, Far from the Heart" ever in Nashke or in English? Yeah. Is it like uh, is this a plan? Yeah, uh, I yeah. have
1: a, I have a, a dear uh, friend and colleague and uh, uh, former teacher as well, Jennifer Hayashida. That is. Uh, uh, right now, uh, has engaged into uh, trying uh, this uh, really hor- uh, horrible task of translating this book into English. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and uh, <laughs> so this is like the, the I mean, of course, in this sense, like the two main. I mean, like like we to go back to this thing just shortly about yeah. the band. For example, we we had a we had a band ten years ago, and sometimes we play still. A band that is uh you know comprised of people from former yugoslavia playing here and in our language and you know the the dream was you know of course to play more in former yugoslavia
0: yeah for sure
1: in a sense i mean like that is also something that i would like to see happen for this book but i also understand that it's it's very very hard uh, because it is written in the mode. A lot in the mode of our language.
0: Mm. Is it written in the Seterats? <laughs> no, no, but I
1: mean, you know, in, in the mode of, of and, and it's very, I mean, like, uh, I do not know how to solve so many, like, you know, at every page, I guess there will be something of a question mark that will be like a profound question mark about how to go back. I mean, like, because the movement would be back and forth between this. I mean, like, uh, it's, it's yep. really not straightforward, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also extremely privileged and lucky to have, uh, Jennifer in my life because, um, she's also, um, she's doing a PhD in translation and, uh, mm-hmm. called feeling translation. And, um, um, nice. the uh, there is, uh, Jennifer is also a poet, an artist, and and the translator. So uh, from mostly from Swedish to English, and um, this feeling translation project kind of treats translation as you know intervention, um, mm-hmm. but f- you know like making putting into the foreground the translator as you know also a racialized or classed or gendered political subject. And uh, also going against this idea of neutrality, or like you know, like uh, yeah. uh, treating uh, the uh, what was it, what was it again? Um, like a technician, like a, the translator, as a you know neutral technician that has mm-hmm. um, that is just you know like like a robot, you know, in a way. So,
0: yeah. do you think that poetry will always need to be inherently human in a way, right? Uh, Is it not so that, do you, do you envision a future where people will like, um, publish poetry collections at the click of a button by their AI bots and so on? I I think this is dystopian future. I I think.
1: Why not? I mean, I know, I know. know. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I think like I I did listen to your podcast talking about Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And I remember that there was, you know, like uh, somebody was saying that, like, you know, a good poem is a good poem and whatever it does to me is fine. Like, yeah, and, and I understand mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why translation of is, is like the, where we should go into that from, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Cause I think that's where we can maybe find out if this is possible or not. Like if mm-hmm. there is, you know, and I, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I really, I mean, like, I, I think um, even though it it maybe gives me some kind of, you know, creeps or whatever.
0: <laughs> it gives me the creeps as well, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I
1: mean, I, but I can't dismiss it because this is what it is and and yeah. uh, this will happen, of course, but I don't know, like, I, I don't exactly know what I think about it or I don't exactly know to which extent, uh, you know, like, uh, we should intervene or not? Yes. Um, or you know, like it. it I, I really don't know. Like I, I, I was translating. Like so, I have an example maybe, and I don't know. Like how, what kind of how how can this information be put? Because it has to do with you know the experience of a certain. Uh, you know, all language is filled with all the experiences of uh, that the people that have spoken it. Yeah, have had you know
0: yeah for millennia for millennia yeah we're just passing on this torch i guess
1: yeah and so the, the the question there is like so so for example i i was um i was in a translation translation workshop with uh belarusian uh poets okay so there was swedish poets and belarusian poets and i was paired up with uh belarusian poet uh, uh kristina bandurina Mm-hmm. And uh, we really, uh, found a, a great connection, uh, and we can and with another, because I don't, you know, I don't speak the languages that she speaks, mm-hmm. but uh, I have a, a Swedish colleague, Mikael Nidal, and we kind of decided, let's, let's try to translate some of these, uh, more of her poems, uh, together. Yep. And he's, uh, already a translator from Russian. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, we were at one one day we were discussing one of the poems and uh, because he had written like a a first kind of translation of of it from russian which is a second translation but okay yeah. but um but uh, uh and he had used the word um soldier's boot mm-hmm. and, and i my comment on that was you know but um uh, it's, this is like this is like a tautology. This is superfluous. Uh, you sh- you can only you write boot, and you know the soldier is uh, is already there. You know? It's
0: implied. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see. I see what you mean. Yeah.
1: Because you know, like. Uh,
0: True. But you can have like fashionable boots, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs>
1: because of the poem and what it was kind of dealing with, I was thinking, you know, like, um, or from where it was. I mean, I, I, for me. I mean, mm. that, that was my reaction. But yeah. he said to me, you know, the the, the the soldier is not implied for everyone with that book. Ah, and so I was speaking from my own experiences and yeah. from what I kind of identified with Christina, and um, which I think that she would agree on and mm-hmm. maybe many other people with mm-hmm. some experiences would agree on. But in Swedish... Translated into Swedish, mm-hmm. you have to make that choice because um,
0: yeah,
1: it's not implied. It's not
0: implied. Uh, it's not implied directly. Mm, it's so this is like a very hard. Is, yeah, this is a very hard word. Uh,
1: these kinds mm. of words because uh, these these kinds of experiences haven't been yes. been lived here for let's say the last two hundred years. So the kind of you know oppressive oppressive soldiers' boot is yes. not there. You know in the language. Yeah. So I don't know if you know. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. if the robot can do this or not yeah what kind of you know variables and what kind of information we can put in there so that it makes these kind of subtle uh differences you know yeah. and i mean
0: and it depends probably who will make this bot what corpus yeah. will this bot be trained on like if it will be trained on some on literature of oppressed peoples it will be it will be a different translating bot than for example a swedish bot who didn't experience war for as you said 200 years or something like that
2: mm. so
0: this is a very interesting area of development and we're eagerly waiting at what's coming our way still but Merima, this was a great talk thank you for taking the time thank you. join joining the versopolis podcast so do you have like any closing remarks when can we expect the next poetry collection from you mm-hmm. so
1: <laughs> let, let me enjoy this ride first <laughs> no
0: <laughs> okay let enjoy let's enjoy the ride I'm
1: writing, but you know, you never know how uh what what kind of time these things take not of only the time i will take to kind of have a a, a reasonable uh, presentable manuscript for um for uh, a publisher yes um, but also uh, you know um these things also take time and maybe. You know.
0: Absolutely, they take time. I wanna, I wanna, uh, this is something that I wanna uh, uh, end with this quote by uh, Slovenian filmmaker Diego Menendez. He's a very, like, an underground filmmaker here in Ljubljana. And last time he said that someone asked him, uh, like, when when are you releasing any movies? You haven't done anything in, su- in such a long time. And he said, uh, the artist needs to take his time. And I think that this is like, a- <laughs> a beautiful, a beautiful uh, quote to live by, so thank you again for coming here and um, I wish you all the best and thank you for listening to the Rosopolis podcast, this was my talk with Merima Dizdarević on the poetry in the diaspora.